Hi, everyone. Welcome to seven, um, <laughs> six figure authors. There's inflation. So we're going to change it to seven figure authors because you're poor now if you're only making six figures. <laughs> yes. Um, the show that helps you take your writing career to the next level. I'm Andrea Pearson and I'm here with my co hosts. I'm Joe Lalo. And I'm Lindsay Baroker. And uh, today we're going to discuss the pros and cons of networking in the first half of the show. And then in the second half, we'll discuss things authors can do to be successful that don't include working with other people. And um, I, I wanted to do this because I'm like, I'm an, I'm, I'm the, I'm not, I'm an extrovert, right? I'm very extrovert. I'm like 93% extroverted, but I hate working with people, which is really, I didn't understand that about myself. I was like, why am I so miserable? And now that I understand that you don't have to network to be successful, I want to help other people understand that as well. And so um, in some cases, it's actually a detriment to, um, to network to your success. (laughs) Anyway, so before we get into that, let's go ahead and give news and Joe, you can um, take us off there. All right. So uh, The Bygone Caper, which uh, is the fourth book in my epic fantasy series I've been doing, is releasing on April 12th. My attempts at organizing a bigger than normal promo blitz, which my normal promo blitz is virtually zero, uh, ran into the problem of an unexpected burst of productivity that had me writing from my entire day uh, and also uh, having some real life household stuff absorb my time. Um basically took away the time that I was going to use to plan this stuff. So it took too long for me to get an opening that I was willing to spend on promo and then stuff was booked. So I'm going to do my usual release, which is the standard, you know, boosted this, that, and the other, and maybe do some, some uh, uh, promo later on because it's book four. Uh, It's, it's, uh, it's already pretty deep into the series. So we're leading people back to that first thing during a book release or after, it doesn't matter too much to me at this point. I'll make a bigger stink about it on, on the, the final book release when I have a six-book series to funnel people through. Um, sometime between the release of book four and book five, I'm currently writing book five. I'm like more than halfway through. I have an edit planned for May. I will be releasing the Big Sigma Collection Volume 2. Earlier this year, I did the Book of Deacon Collection Volume 2, and it's, therefore, I already know that Volume 2s aren't a huge bonanza either, but I, w- I wouldn't have expected them to be, uh, but my goal is to put that out and around the same time, have my website slightly revamped to be able to do some direct sales of complete editions of both Book of Deacon and uh, and Big Sigma. So I'll be experimenting on that. And uh, the good news is because the podcast will have wrapped up by then, if I fail epically, you'll never find out about it unless you read my Twitter. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh that's great um yeah this is our second to last episode um so yeah that's that's uh wrapping things up here pretty quickly but um direct sales of complete editions has done very well for me and by very well i mean sometimes it sells better than the individual books themselves and so uh that's something i try to do with all my series and um i haven't done that with romance just yet but Okay. Um, okay. So I'm nearly finished writing Falling for Dr. Nelson, the first book in my radiology trilogy for my Alpine Hospital romances. I, I think I've said this before, but I've got a hospital and I've got the dean and he his story is the reader magnet. And then I've got all the different departments and then each department's going to have a, a trilogy assigned to it until I get bored and decide I want to do something else. <laughs> so um, this will be the fourth book. And I have um, I have two, maybe three more writing days on it. Uh, I started it last Tuesday and I write five days a week. And so I'm feeling pretty good about the speed 
um, that I'm getting in. And I've actually discovered that writing is easier now with my three-year-old than homeschooling is like the three-year-old just, he's a little, little extrovert. He wants to be involved in everything, but with writing, he's got his two older siblings to play with. And so I get them set up with chores or like a homeschool activity or tell them to clean their room. And they just sit and play (laughs) instead of doing their chores, but they're happy and they're content. So it's been working really well. Um, anyway, so this book, I've had so much fun with it. I'm super excited about it. Um, I actually, for the first time in my entire author career, I was so excited about it before I'd even written 2000 words. I wrote the description and that's never happened before to me. I was just like this, this one is so, I just couldn't wait to be able to tell people about it in a description, which is really foreign to me. Um, and then also I have made back the money more, more than made back quite a bit. Now, um, the money I spent on the launch for Dr. Lincoln, which is really exciting. Cause, and the problem is when I did my report on it, it had only been about a week and now it's mostly pages read And that book. I had a lot of downloads, but the downloads didn't quite make back the money I spent, but pages read have, and, um, by quite a bit. And that's, that's encouraging. And so it's, it, I have to remember in the future that, when I'm funneling that much money into ads, it takes a little while for readers start to read it, start to read. So um, let's see. Um, I'm also getting some very solid subscribers, which is encouraging. I'm getting between 20 and 30 a day right now. And um, <clears throat> I think for four, three books, I think that's pretty good. Anyway, I feel like it's good. So uh, with Dr. Nelson, I'm trying out different things. Uh, I'm trying out a different title, uh, Falling for Dr. Nelson instead of just Dr. Nelson. And why I'm doing that is because when I was doing my research on the genres, I write medical romance that's sweet romance. Medical romance sometimes has uh, just the doctor name. Um, So like Dr. Last Name or whatever. But it's very, very uncommon for something like that for a one or two word title to be in sweet romance. And this time around, I decided I wanted to target sweet romance off the readers because I kind of feel like that if they don't, if they want steamy romance and they pick up my medical romance, they might like, they could like it. I don't know if they like sweet romances or not, but a sweet romance reader would be more willing to read a medical romance and, or a romantic comedy. I mean, they'll read all the other sub genres. You just throw in the sweet part. And so I'm targeting the sweet romance readers because I think that's a little bit broader of um, appeal. And, um, the cover this time is an illustrated vectorized one I put together after having a fiber artist create the illustrated couple. I think I mentioned that in the past. I don't remember. So I just want to see how the different title and the cover formats help the launch itself. And this is the good thing about being an indie author. We can actually test these kinds of things out and see how, um, see how they do. So don't be afraid to try things out. Let's see. Um, that's pretty much it for this, uh, for my news and yeah. Just to be clear, um, the radiology trilogy is your name for it, right? That's not like the name you're putting in Amazon. Um, no, that's the name. It's going to be Alpine Romance or Alpine Hospital and then Romance and then colon or whatever, semicolon radiology. Okay. All <laughs> right. You let us know how it goes because I'm sitting here thinking that is the most unromantic thing i can think of these department names for this but i don't know your genre so maybe well i mean i don't know how else i would separate them you know i'm like (laughs) i don't want to have like a 17 book series if you have ideas you know didn't um alex from kalytics do medical romance have you checked his uh that word thing he says where like the top 100 yeah yeah but it's not helpful i mean it's like doctor it's medical and no actually he did not do one just for medical romance he mentioned medical romance as an up-and-coming category it doesn't have i mean there's i'm seeing a lot of authors now joining the genre so that's encouraging but it 
for the, like the last year that I've been writing in it, it's been so like, so it's been a huge mess of all sorts of different things. But I mean, I mean, it's Alpine hospital romances and I can take the radiology out of it, but I need to have a way to tie the departments together, you know, so that people know that this is this, this is a series instead of like 17 books, because I want to have an easy out, you know, if it doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'd have to think about it, but and I could be wrong too. That was just my gut instinct. It was like, ooh, radiology, how sexy. Uh, I mean, it can be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll I, guess you'll, I guess we won't be doing updates going <laughs> forward. So like, as with Joe's series, it could remain a mystery. People will have to just stalk you on Amazon. Oh, stalking's fun. And they'll be like, oh, look, radiology is number one. Lindsay didn't know anything. <laughs> Alp- Alpine totally Hospital happen. will be number one. Radiology is at the end of it. <laughs> I want to tell you that I go to the Alpine Veterinary Clinic, right? <laughs> That's where my mind went, oh, it's a vet story, obviously. <laughs> um, okay, but uh, to, to, for my news, so we can hurry up and get to the topic. Um, just an update. Uh, I mentioned a few weeks ago that I was launching a standalone high fantasy romance and uh, that I wasn't going to put a lot of money into advertising it or anything because it's not book one in a series. So you're kind of limited like how much you want to spend, how much you're going to invest in it. And it's actually gone pretty well, especially considering I was planning to do, I think I put $150 a day that I would do on Amazon ads for probably the first three or four weeks. And then, you know, at that point we see, I kind of just look at how much it's making per day and then how much, versus how much I'm spending. And when those two start to come closer together, I'm like, oh, ads can be turned off now. Now it has to swim on its own for something that's a standalone. You know, obviously if it was book one in a series, I'd you know consider all the follow through and money I'd making for that. But the first four days, the Amazon ads just did nothing. Like I had pretty high bids. Like I'm trying to, I don't mess around when I'm at launch, you know, I want things to go and and to take off and advertise, but it was slow this time. And I don't know if other people are having this experience right now, but it took about a week for things to ramp up and it to start spending what I, what, what now it's out of money every day. <laughs> like, no, I'm not adding more. Um, but yeah, it was only at about $60 four or five days. In, and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's only spending like $10 a day or $15 a day. I'm more than that budgeted. Um, but it has, ramped up now and like I said it's no no problem blowing that $150 and you know it, it's it's fine it's making a lot more than that right now um I did I put it out at $2.99 that was something I was thinking about like I, I love 99 cents for launching a book one in a new series for the first month or so but again I was like well I'm, I'm not, there's nothing following after this so um I'm gonna do $4.99 probably in another week. I, I did $2.99 until I had a new in books promo run. And that was the only thing I booked as far as sponsorship sites. I've just found in the past that anything above 99 cents, a lot of them won't even, they don't even want it because all the sponsorship sites that cater to indie authors, as you guys, I'm sure know, they kind of want 99 cent or free books. And then the audience is like $2.99, that's too much. But um as you know, as you would expect, I had a big surge in sales when I, I messed up my newsletter off. I was uh, pleased that it didn't dra- drop off too much. It's actually, it's been about two and a half weeks since I launched it as I record this, and it's still under 200 in the overall Amazon store, which I, you know, for high fantasy, that seemed pretty good to me. And, um, I, but of course, as soon as I record this, like you'll check a week later and it'll be like 5,000. <laughs> That's the way things go. Um, but uh, yeah, the, you know, it's been a, it's done better than I expected. So I'm pleased. Like I seem to have accidentally 
I wrote a story I really love that's exactly my kind of story and it's actually selling well. So that's always shocking. Uh, <laughs> usually the stuff I've, that's done better for me has been well, stories I kind of like, but you know, the urban fantasy is less my passion than like high fantasy. So it, it's nice to see one of those do well. I, I'm actually a little sad that I launched it in the middle of the month instead of at the beginning of the month. Cause I think this one would have had a shot at uh, getting an individual KU bonus for page reads. Although I have to admit, it's been a long time since I had one of those for a title, a single title. So I don't know. It used to, 2 million page reads used to get you one of those. I have no idea anymore what it's at these days. I am uh, not in the loop or on Facebook very much. So I, I can't stalk all the successful people and say what they're saying. But overall, I'm pleased. And I am actually trying to learn a little bit because I had a really good reception from my readers on this one. More so that, I mean, to some extent, I, I was kind of like, hey, in the back, you know, if you liked it, uh, let me know because I, maybe I'll do more if it does well. Um, but there were a lot of people that are like, oh, I, I really I was a page turner, read it in a night, really liked it. And more so than probably any of my other titles to be honest recently so uh i would just be thinking about that going forward like maybe because it is exactly like i said my cup of tea so maybe i can do more like that and uh have some more high fantasy romances who knows maybe it's the up and coming thing i actually think speaking of kalytics i think alex just did one on that topic and uh i haven't looked at it because i was like well at that point i already had my title and cover and everything I was like, i'm not going to change it all if if it's <laughs> if something different is the thing um, but I did set things up with side characters with this one, so I can write a couple more if I want. And I would do romances uh, in in which there would be new couples in the books rather than, I yeah, you know, I know the readers want more with the same characters, but that's always tough when you start out kind of wrapping up the romance in book one, as you do in romance, and then you want to continue on. It's like, uh they're, now they're going to go on to get married, but first they have to have trouble with uh, a third Hero, a hero third party or whatever kits in and you know there's all this conflict you have to introduce to mess with the relationship if you're trying to do a whole series after that all right sorry i rambled triangle romance triangle romance is that it that's when she's generally i don't know i have a hard time doing that yes, it's yes. my least favorite thing we've talked about yes. that before i don't mind if there's like another uh guy or whatever that's if it's about the heroine uh, or a girl, whatever, as long as that she's not divided. That drives me nuts. I'm like, <laughs> make up your mind. I like this one, so you need to like this one. As a reader, that's not my thing. Although people do great with them, so that's just me. Is it called Triangle Romance? I don't think Love it's triangle. Love Triangle. Love Triangle. Thank you. <laughs> triangle <laughs> Romance, guys. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Let's talk about the topic, networking. <laughs> All right. So things you can do through networking for those who are interested in networking. Um, and I'll go ahead and, and mention a few things here. Um, multi-author box sets. Uh, so, you know, authors get together, create a box set. And a lot of those they shoot for uh, like USA Today, but I don't think that needs to be the, the target. And uh, what works really great with that is having um, a first book in a series in that multi-author box set or having a new one in that one. Anyway, newsletter swapping, that one's kind of uh, self-explanatory. Um, book signings. So, you know, you know the right people. You can do book signings with some. I've actually done some book signings with some really successful authors. And and I, it you do really well if you sit next to them. And if they promote your stuff for you, for you. <laughs> that's happened to me a couple of times. Um, and then last invitations to 
invite only conferences that feels kind of repetitive there, but you know, some conferences are, it's, it's who, you know, and you don't get invited to them unless you have that in. So. All right. I was going to say with book signings, I've, I've seen people too, that just go in together to get a table at a conference. And it's like less scary that way. Like for us introverts <laughs> who are terrified at the idea of just standing there and having nobody come up. That's a, uh, something I've heard people do that actually do physical stuff. All right, so I'll just add a couple here. Uh, other things that you can do through networking is putting together anthologies of new material. And this doesn't have to be like a huge group of people. I've seen maybe, especially like in fantasy romance, I can think of a few I've seen where like three authors, you know, three decently well-known authors already, but you could also, that's certainly not required, you know, each do kind of a themed novella and then it also ties into their worlds and their characters. So the better it does, the more it sells, the more likely readers are going to check out their other work as a result. And also I've seen and not done, <laughs> you can tell that the introverts here have not done a lot of the networking things we're talking about is authors, like maybe eight authors putting together a Facebook group for readers, not for authors. Um, but they're all like kind of moderators and all bringing in their fans. And it's very like, they're all paranormal romance or could he be even more niche down vampires um, and, and just the bringing all the readers together, they get this massive group and it's just, and then when somebody, every time somebody in the group has a new book to launch, they just announce it and sometimes do arcs and everything. And I've seen it be very powerful for the people that are in it. And if you're good enough people that already make decent money, they can hire a VA to do the moderation and that stuff. So it, it's not that you have to do that. I think the hard part would be finding you know, if you're, if you're somewhere there, it's cross genre or not very to market or <laughs> nicely in a category, it's going to be harder to find people that are also in that niche and the readers that rapidly follow that niche. But um, if that's you, it might be worth doing. Um, so something else that you can be, uh, you know, you can have some success with if you are in a large network. Bundles like Story Bundle are much easier to uh, organize with a nice big bundle of authors, particularly if those authors are within the same genre. Uh, you don't necessarily be the one in, uh, uh, organizing them. You could also end up in them because someone else is organizing them and your name comes up. And uh, also podcasting, both appearing on podcasts and running a podcast is way easier if you're well-known or well-connected, because again, you're likely to get more invites or you're likely to have more people to invite. So, uh, yeah. And that was the good thing for you guys. When we went to the Oregon coast, like people knew you already. And so you guys are like just basking in the attention. You just sat back and people came to you to talk instead of you having to approach people. I mean, that's a, that's a definite perk, I would say. <laughs> Joe was definitely basking. He's a basker. I'm a basker. I bask. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we're going to talk about the pros of networking and um, let's see. So the first one, and I should stop putting notes for us in there because I almost read those. <laughs> Here's our notes to us guys. Uh, okay. So the first one I came up with is many hands make light work. So if you are doing, um, sorry, somebody just called me getting rid of that. If you're doing multi-author promotions, a lot of authors marketing together can have good results. And by good results, I mean, I've, I've been in those box sets that, that tried to hit the USA today and all that. And I had phenomenal results with that. Like those were during my, my six figure years, you know, like when, um, 
had 10 book series and he put the first book inside of one of those author box sets and every single author was vetted and was pulling their weight. And it was, it was just really awesome. Like lots of downloads to my, the rest of my books and just really, really, really good success there. And so that's one that, that can work. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't pay attention anymore because I have zero desire to do them anymore. I don't know how well they can do it, how that well they can work, but I think that they can still be very successful if you, uh, if you're paired with people paired, if you're in a group of people who are willing to work hard and who have some weight to pull it, if you're a bunch of brand new authors, it might not work as well, but then again, I don't know. There's like all sorts of exceptions to this. So, um, okay. So then my next one is opportunities to be discovered, open up. And, um, so like opportunities for, um, you know, if you're, if you're networking, if you have an author share your book with their readers, you can be discovered that way. But also if you're networking in general, like me being, you know, the, the rare extroverted author, I've had a lot of opportunities come my way through networking and those opportunities to me, because I love teaching all revolve around teaching and that I just, I love teaching so much. And so that's, that to me has been, has been really, really great. Um, but the problem with this one is uh, most of the opportunities are for author to author relationships and not necessarily where readers are concerned. So if you're big into working with other authors and having relationships with them, then networking can be really good for you. Um, but it doesn't always lead to downloads from readers. Yeah, when it comes to the box sets, I don't see them as much now either. And I think it's because, you know, uh, I think the New York Times, and they kind of changed the rules. Like they're not allowing those anymore, like a 10 book bundle for 99 cents um, to count so that all those authors can get credit. And I, I think KU and adverti Amazon advertising have been such, become such a thing that everybody focuses on. I also don't see as many of the bundles anymore. And you never know, things might come back around. There's no reason not to do it. Um, I definitely saw somebody, I was in one actually where my book was, as we were talking about, kind of cross genre not really to the market. I didn't even know at the time much about urban fantasy, and it was an urban fantasy box set. But I saw somebody else in that set. Like, we did great. We, um, I don't know, sold 6,000 or 10,000 or something in the weeks it was out for a month or something. Um, um, that was fine. <laughs> great by my standards, anyway. I'm sure romance was like, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I saw somebody whose career was basically made by that. Like, her book was exactly to the market and what it liked. And she was a new, not newer, but like newly focused on that genre. And that was like her launching her series and she did great and went on to become a six figure author off of that, largely from that early success. Then her, you know, we were all promoting it together, but because hers was so, it was a good story. It was right in the, what the genre wanted. Um, she, you know, like I said, it just kind of launched a career. So it can happen. I just would not expect it at the least though. You can expect probably some, you know, for your efforts, as long as you're able to move a lot of copies of that box set, you get some extra sales to your series. I, I've been in a lot of them over the years and I've never had like tremendous success myself because like I said, my stuff is never the, this is like, I'm in a steampunk one right now. Like well, my book is not really steampunk. It's like, I call it high fantasy in era of steam. <laughs> um, but you know, is it usually helps. It's one of those things that it just brings in more readers. Um, but so kind of similar to the points Am Am Andrea <laughs> brought up, 
One thing that's nice with, uh, we talked about newsletter swaps is something you could do. And I've only done this once because I've talked about before, you guys, I don't like to do newsletter swaps because I, every time I email my newsletter, I get a lot of emails back and I feel super bad when I don't answer them all. So it's just, and the pressure to answer them all. At this point in my career, it's, it's too much. But earlier on, it was, I didn't have as big of a newsletter. So it wasn't as big of a deal when I sent out uh, newsletters, especially when I started my sci-fi newsletter, that one was smaller obviously. Um, but so with that one, I joined in with other authors and um, I promoted their stuff. They promoted mine. And it, what it, one thing it really helped with it and it launched that series and it did pretty well is that I was, a, it's kind of a way to spread out the launch juice. Like you can book some of these sponsorship sites, but again, if it's not a 99 cent book, it's kind of hard uh, to move a lot of copies. And even then a lot of people are saying those sites don't work as well as they used to. But um, if you get other author, obviously the authors have to be close. Again, everything's best if all the people you work with are right in your j- niche, right in your genre, subgenre, if not the very, the niche specific niche underneath the subgenre is going to work best. And the readers will check out your work. And yeah, you, so you can stagger it. Like you get one person says, uh, here's a new release one day and you might stagger it over two weeks. And it helps. We've talked about before how Amazon doesn't want to see a big spike in sales in one day, like they tend to not punish it, but maybe ignore it. And just the book falls right back down. But if you can stagger things over those first couple of weeks of the launch, it seems to help you have a sustained, you know, it can, if your book's what the, what the readers want, it can have a sustained effect. So newsletter swaps, especially if you're earlier on and you still have a lot of time to devote to your newsletter, you know, it's, it's a good thing to consider for that. If you, if you, you want to do these things, we are going to talk about at the end, as Andrea promised, ways to succeed without networking for all of the you other introverts out there that just don't want to do it. The other thing that another possible um, pro of networking is you, it gives you the opportunity to create something that's greater than the sums, whatever that saying is. Um, as an example, for the sci-fi people out there, you might be familiar with uh, the Discover Sci-Fi Newsletter it's a spot that you know it's like a promo site basically promo site slash newsletter where authors can book promos is what it is now but it started out as i think like eight or ten sci-fi authors wanting to sort of create a mini book bub for their genre and they everybody put money into it for a few years uh, and so they hired someone to just kind of run everything and it's gotten to the and also they were uh paying for subscribers you know same as all these sites have to do they don't just come um, but now it's self-sufficient, basically, and they, they get money by selling ads to other authors, but they all still, they all have like a stake in it. I'm one of the people, <laughs> by the way, just just for clear, uh, full disclosure, um, but everybody has a stake in it and they can continue to advertise when they, they just book a slot when they want one. So they've created this thing, this a mini book bub for sci-fi as something that can continue on with minimal effort from the people who funded it. Um, and it's a place, it's another place. Like you're always looking for places to promote your stuff on a new release or, or a sale or something. So that's the kind of thing that you can do when you're willing to work together with other people. So. Yeah. And something that's in common with a lot of this stuff is uh, when you're a part of a large enough group that's working together, the skills uh, you don't have a perfect overlap, which means you've got specialists and you're going to have somebody in the group who hopefully is good at the thing that you're not good at. And that's super useful. So it's a big thing with like newsletter swaps or, or, or putting a bundle together uh, is that you're going to have access to more skills and more specialties. 
But uh, if you're well known among authors, especially for being extremely capable or extremely dedicated or extremely reliable, people won't hesitate to bring up your name when the time comes to fill a gap in one of their projects. I've gotten tapped to write stories for anthologies. I've gotten hired to do freelance writing. And I've been picked to fill out bundles because people I had worked with in the past and who I was you know, friendly with online knew that I could be trusted to do a good job, and put something in there that's actually going to be worthwhile. Uh, networking is contagious in that way. Once you've done enough of it, it starts happening on your behalf and people start spreading the word about you and it leads back to you. And of course, you should be doing the same. Uh, but yeah, so, so networking, not unlike sales, if you work hard enough at it, it starts to become self-sustaining on its own. Uh, and also, along the same lines, while uh, there are plenty of places where promo opportunities and such are listed for your consideration, there are probably 10 times as many informal and unpublicized promo opportunities that are happening just behind the scenes. And if your network of friends and associates is big enough, you're more likely to have a friend behind one of those closed doors to clue you in to something that you might otherwise have missed. Uh, this goes for networking beyond author community, by the way. I mentioned Story Bundle earlier, and I've mentioned in the past that I was in the first Story Bundle, and I didn't know the guy who ran it, Jason Chen, but one of my friends was a fan of Jason Chen in his prior career, which was tech journalism, and so when he saw that Jason was doing something new uh, and it involved books, he's like, oh, my friend Joe does books. He alerted me to it, and I just submitted the way everybody else does, but I submitted fairly early in the process, uh, one, of the, one of the first few submissions available, and it sort of got me in the door. So your network isn't just a network of authors. It's a network of really everyone you know. And, and uh, you know, so long as they know what you need and you know what they need, you can, you'd be surprised at how much any given uh, social contact is going to improve things for you. Yeah, that's that last one right there is is um, really good because uh, if, if you maintain not just a good relationship, but just make sure, just maintain a positive uh, social presence, then people who hear about opportunities will be more likely to reach out to you. Even if, I mean, you can have a negative one, but having a social presence that matches what the people are looking for can be a huge boon. And um, Jason Chen's pretty great. He's awesome. I love Story Bundle. And I've been in a lot of Kevin's, um, Kevin J. Anderson Story Bundles. And and because of that, working with Kevin, uh, I've gotten to know Jason and um, he's, you know, I, we, we should be able to work together in the future. There's a couple of ideas that he and I've been running back and forth, but um, probably not going to get to those for a little while, just because they're related to romance and romance is really hard to bundle a bunch of romance books together in a way that makes readers want them because readers get them for free all the time anyway, because of KU. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about the cons of networking. <laughs> just this is these are three jaded authors, guys. We're just we just want to write. <laughs> like, I'm so tired of all of the things that people say you need to be doing. So, I'm my first con is the thing that I this is what I always go back to, especially now that I have kids. I'm homeschooling and and I'm like I'm I am trying to pare down my business quite a bit and make it as unsimplified, unsimplified, as simplified as possible so that I'm not doing a whole bunch of busy work. That's just pointless. Um, my first con is these opportunities are rarely, and I'm not talking like these as in the ones that we just mentioned, because story bundles always been really good for me, but like a lot of the things that, that people are like, well, let's get together and do this. They're rarely as profitable as authors, as we expect them to be depending on, on the focus of the project, of course. And like I said, I've, I've, participated in some very awesome multi-author things, but a lot of the time 
the multi-author events, they don't end up being worth the time put into them. So my, my question now for myself is, would I be better off writing? And I know that that's like a, this, what was it? Scott Carter or whatever his name, the, the original person who penned that, um, um, right now, now that I've got only three novels in my, my new pen name and all that, I'm better off writing. I'm better off writing something new than putting together something big or joining something big. And so just, they just recognize that they aren't like a golden ticket sometimes, you know? So, yeah. It's probably important to mention too, that with a lot of these, you want to have more than one book. They're very much designed to like, like the person I talked about that kind of launched her career, she had her second and third book coming out. It was either out as that bundle launched or they were coming out really soon and she had the pre-orders up. So the last thing you want, like, first of all, you don't want it to flop. That sucks. But then if it's wildly successful and that was your only book and it's in the bundle that's 99 cents and everybody's already read, yeah, you don't want that either. So uh, definitely worth writing until you kind of start to get a backlist or at least, you know, uh, deeper in a series so that if that's from the time when it's going to be more worth it to try to put the effort into networking if you want to. Another con is that these things can be emotionally taxing, especially for introverts or just anyone that's super busy and doesn't have time for drama. It seems that with authors, I'm amazed at how much author drama there always is on Facebook and Twitter for a bunch of bookworm introvert types. Like, boy, we could whip up some drama (laughs) in our community. And it just, you know, not all of them are like that, but I've definitely been in ones where you're just, as somebody who stands on the side, I'm just like, wow, this has really gone downhill fast. Do I do anything? Do I just hope we keep it together? Uh, I don't know. I'm not really a mediator type. Um, but so that's that's a con sometimes of these things. You want to be really careful, especially who's leading the group. Uh, <laughs> you may not find out some things about people until you actually join, but sometimes people do have a reputation already and, you know, you have to gauge whether like, is it worth it? She's got in 10 box sets under the New York Times bestseller list or whatever, back when that was it possible. Um, you know, so you have to decide <laughs> if that possibility is something you're ready to jump on board for. That's absolutely true. And, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, most of the benefit of networking comes from having a particularly large network. And the larger the network, the more likely someone problematic or difficult is going to be a part of that network. Uh, happy to say that I've been very fortunate in this regard, but if you attend enough conferences or you go to enough big gatherings of industry people, it won't take long for you to get into a conversation where everybody one by one is listing off their horror stories of people who just suck the air out of the room or weigh down projects they're a part of or just show up seemingly specifically to stir drama. Uh, all it takes is one person with a lot of unfortunate baggage linking themselves to a project you're organizing, and the bottom can fall out of it. And even if you know you, you've got 15 people who are you know, pulling their weight and doing everything they can, and one person shows up and just gives the whole thing a bad stink, uh, it will. It, not only could it uh, you know damage the the value of the of the the project, it could actually make the project a negative for everyone involved. So, it, a network has to be carefully maintained, not just to grow it, but also to sort of weed it uh, for the people who might be damaging. And nobody likes weeding, but it does have to happen. You can't have uh, healthy plants without some weeding. <laughs> um, okay, so I kind of hinted around to this already, but even if they are successful, they still distract us from uh, the most important task, which is writing new books. Sometimes the success doesn't equal the success you'd get from having just written another book instead. And like Lindsay was saying, 
if you only have one book, then having it in a box set, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good. Uh, if you have it in a box set, when you have like 50 books, then that, then it's going to be a lot more beneficial to you. Um, Let's see. And then also if the person organizing them is inexperienced or distracted, they can be even more of a time suck. And this is the, this is a problem I've run into a couple of times where I've, I've agreed to be in, in, to to participate in a multi-author event and it goes off rails because of lack of communication, lack of organization, lack of focus, lack of everything. I'm like, ah, you can't anyway. So I end up taking over sometimes, or I, I have a hard time not taking over when I feel like the person in charge isn't uh, I don't know, isn't actually taking charge or isn't everybody's got talents, right? Some people are not talented at organizing, uh, big group things. And so I just, it's really hard for me not to be like, like take them under my wing or to, you know, offer to take over parts of it, things like that. And so it's a double waste of time for me, which I feel bad saying, not only do I end up taking on more than I should, because I don't want this thing that I've committed to, to fail, but also I'm not writing. So yeah. <laughs> Along those lines, another con of networking and doing these awesome <laughs> big author things together is that not everybody tends to pull their weight. And often one or two people end up doing most of the work. It sounds like Andrea might be the person. <laughs> and sometimes that's totally fine if the person not doing much has a newsletter of 25,000 rabid fans and <laughs> They've been in most of the downloads and sales for the set or a big chunk of them. That may be perfectly cool to trade that off uh, their newsletter versus a lot of time for someone who has a smaller newsletter and is not going to be able to contribute as many readers that will buy. Uh, At least you're getting something else, basically a value from them. But you tend to get some people who aren't that good of a resource and they still aren't contributing much. And, you know, it can leave people with a bitter taste. So Again, just knowing if you're okay with that, like you're okay signing, going on, going in, knowing you may do work, more work than someone else. And, um, you know, and again, it doesn't always end up that way. It's just sometimes it, it seems to in a large enough group. And conversely, sometimes the person with the time, ambition, and connections to really take charge and carry a project is also relatively new to the process of running a project like this. Self-publishing is a career that's just as likely to attract a complete novice writer who's dreamed all their life of being a writer and has uh, an author and has come up, you know, with the research and done the, the work to try to get good at that specific field as it is to attract people who have already been successful on some other potentially tangentially related field and decide they want to spread out or shift to this new thing as an experiment. And they come in enthusiastic, driven, well-funded, and completely backwards in their priorities. Uh, this is another personal anecdote that I've said before, but I was briefly, uh, briefly, it was for several months, but I was involved in a collaboration that involved writing a fun, engaging new setting. It was a steampunk setting at a time that steampunk was very hot, and that's great. But the strategy uh, involved hiring a prestige artist who charged $5,000 per cover. And the cover came out great, but it didn't come out $5,000 great. In my opinion, it was five times more expensive than I would have gotten from the most expensive version of a cover from my current cover artist and of, of roughly the same quality. But there were other aspects to it too. The, 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 uh, the, the guy, if I recall correctly, he also relied, our launch strategy relied upon getting literal television coverage. Like he didn't want to move forward until he had booked three television appearances. Uh, and I, I would never have added that to the list. And it turns out very hard to do when, you know, you're an indie author who's not from 
Uh, there was also uh, he wanted to do like collectible trading cards, like going to conferences and going to conventions and stuff was big and he wanted to do like handouts and the whole thing was tremendously expensive and was a lot of high investment low return stuff and the thing was uh this person had been enormously successful in the advertising field like doing ad copy and doing commercials and stuff so all this stuff makes perfect sense in that field and so he knows that it's very successful except he didn't understand that it wasn't super well uh you know to the to the position in his current career that he was, it wasn't well aimed, but the guy was dynamic and charismatic and just getting everybody involved really on his side with this stuff. And it just ended up spending a lot of money. And I was eventually able to pull out of the project and I was even lucky enough to get my investment back. I was half owner of that expensive cover and it was purchased by someone else who was going to be using it for some other thing. And I got my half of the investment back. But as far as I know, the book that we collaborated on never came out. Like, despite the fact this person was a fantastic part of the team, the leader should not have been leading. The leader should have been listening to someone who knew a little bit better. And that's going to happen sometimes. Networking can lead you astray because the people who speak loudest and drive best uh, are sometimes just not skilled enough in the specific area that they're trying to lead in. And I just can't, I can't get over that $5,000. I mean, that's just so much money to put into a book cover. That's like traditional publishing type, you know, where they're like, this is the more money you put in, the better it's going to do. That's not the case, you know. What I remember about it is that I didn't talk to the artist directly. I had to talk through the artist's agent. <laughs> like It was the first and last time I ever had to do that. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I need to get an agent to approach me for the book covers I do for myself. <laughs> Uh, I could develop another personality. Anyway, okay, so let's go ahead and talk about ideas on how to be successful without networking. And um, uh, my first one's not going to be super surprising, but it, consistent releases of good quality products is the very first thing that came to mind to, for me. If your books aren't good or aren't fun to read, no amount of marketing or networking will help you anyway. And if you aren't writing books, you won't have anything to market. And then also as a side note, if you struggle with writing on a regular basis, figure out how to simplify your life so you can. And as I've mentioned before, I'm alternating between homeschool and writing, and I'll be doing that year round. And it has been it. This is my second book I've written this year. And I, I mean, I just barely launched the last one, you know, just, I just barely launched it 31 days ago. Exactly. Today's March 31st, but I'm just, I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased with how it's going so far. So figure out what you, what will work for you, figure out how to simplify your life so you can write and then focus on that. Yeah. Putting out a good quality product. I mean, it's, it seems so obvious, but like I was saying with that box set, well, it made one person's career. <laughs> There were a bunch of us in that box set, guys, and, you know, we had lesser success. Um, so it's just really learning the craft stuff, putting your time into that, especially if you're not an outgoing and extroverty networking type of person. You should love doing the, uh, you know, well, it, it is hard to, like, do workshops and get feedback and stuff when you're an internally, <laughs> I don't know what to say, but um, hard to push yourself out there to strangers sometimes. But that's kind of part of it is getting, make sure you've done that, you know, whether it's a teacher, editor, uh, workshop, whatever suits you. Um, don't publish before you've had, you have strangers telling you your work is good because you're just wasting so much time pushing a boulder uphill if you're trying to market something that's not a very good story. Um, and it's really tough to, to, 
look at your own work and tell like later on after like 50 books you can see which ones did well which ones didn't which one got good reviews then you're in a place where like yeah you can kind of analyze like which ones were really good and what you did right but that's that comes with experience in the beginning you're you don't know until you put it out there um but yeah the craft side cannot be emphasized enough and a lot of our us on these podcasts about self-publishing and marketing we don't you know it doesn't get emphasized enough and it's super important i'm I'm still picking up stuff samples of things and it's just like wow this is rough um you know and it, it can lead readers like it's great that so many readers are not picky um but it can lead people to go like, maybe I'll stick with traditional publishing because at least it's going to be well edited. Whether the story is going to be better or not, you know, is up for debate. But anyway, that was not my thing. (laughs) That was just a comment on agreeing with Andrea there on putting out, you know, consistent and and really good stories that people enjoy. Um, So I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, how to be successful without networking is like my cup of tea. (laughs) Like, I'm so happy if I don't have to network, like you guys are great. I know you're cool people, but it's just, uh, we've talked about this before. As an introvert, you just, it takes so much more energy and it's really draining. Even doing stuff online, I find it that way. Actually, almost more so sometimes than doing things in person, but if you have compelling characters and stories, such as we talked about, craft, good craft stuff, giving away book one, bonus side stories with the same characters, something for free, not just as newsletter bonuses to people who already read your stuff, but have it out there in the stores where people can find these free books. That can go a long way toward bringing in fans to the rest of your series, people who will then go on to pay for your books. There's kind of a myth that, oh, if people get stuff for free, they won't value it and they'll never pay for anything. They just want free things. No, people, I mean, there's, I'm sure there are, there are people like that, lots of people like that, but there are other people that are just looking for new authors and they don't want to spend money until they know it's going to be good. But if you suck them in with that free one, they'll happily go spend, the, you know, $5 or whatever for the rest of your for each of the rest of the eBooks in your series. Also, it's a lot easier to promote the free stuff than to sell books that are $5. Uh, You can usually make some headway even by yourself, just, you know, maybe buying some inexpensive ads or kind of plugging away on social media. You will probably feel more comfortable promoting a free thing too than asking. Like it always feels like you're asking people for money. Like when you're trying to ask a stranger to buy your book, please buy my book versus like, Hey, here's this free thing. You may enjoy it. I think it's really good. And it's actually a benefit to you. (laughs) If I give it to you for free and you check it out, that's just how I feel. I always find it super easy to promote free, my free work. Whereas I, I have a harder time Obviously, to readers, I, I can say, here's a new $5 book. But to strangers that are just on your Twitter or happen to see it when somebody retweets or something, that's a harder sell. So, you know, give away. We talk about this. Give away stories. And if this is not working for you, look at the story you're giving away. It may not be as good of a story or as compelling uh, or lead in naturally to the rest of your series as you think it does. Okay, enough on that. Yeah, uh, it's 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 tricky with that because like you also have to successfully give it away. Like just because it's not leading into your other stuff doesn't mean necessarily your story is bad. Sometimes it's just really hard to get people to take a free thing, or at least to be aware of a free thing when it's in a sea of other free things. So don't don't shoot yourself down immediately. The issue may not necessarily be quality; it might just be the volume of giveaways, but it'll catch on. Um, so 
the writing craft is one that's uniquely well suited to building and improving solo. Uh, so there's nothing about not networking that will prevent you from sharpening your literary chops. So everything about producing a book with the exception of, I suppose, like the beta reader and, and feedback portion of it can be done completely in isolation. Uh, and so that's good news for people who don't like to network. And while all the networking pros we spoke of hold true, there's still a ton of completely non-social ways to boost your sales. Uh, if you really don't feel comfortable putting yourself out there, you can dedicate that time and effort to working on improving a skill at boosting books, return investment, and advertising, for example. Like getting really good at advertising does not require you to talk to anyone. It's just a matter of getting your, you know, writing your, your good copy, finding good keywords, all well, things we've talked about a thousand times. That is not a social thing to do and you don't need a network to do it. Uh, most featured ad type promotions just require navigating an online form and crossing your fingers. So again, almost an entire launch strategy can be put together entirely through you know, means that don't require you to directly interact. So keep that in mind that a, a lot of what it takes to be successful is it does not require networking at all. Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> Um, and networking, I mean, it just, it just takes time, you know, so it, you know, even just, even if you're not organizing, it still takes time. So anything that you can do that doesn't take that time. Um, let's see. Okay. So my next one here is run your own giveaways on King Sumo and, uh, send targeted traffic to them on a regular basis via your newsletter, your Facebook fan page, Facebook ads, et cetera. Um, one thing I did in the, in the beginning that worked really well was I set up a giveaway that had a three month entry period and I put it in my automation sequence, then put, I, I put a ton of focus on promoting the best entry point to my most successful series. So I kept a Facebook ad running to the first book in that series. And, um, I had a really solid reader magnet. And so once they subscribed to my newsletter list, they would hear about my giveaway in my automation sequence. And, um, and they'd enter it and then they'd share it with others. And that worked really well. I, it was a lot of fun. And I don't know why I don't do things like that anymore. I'm just so tired of doing everything other than writing. <laughs> so well, I, I do, I'm busy. I have stuff going on. Um, and so if you do this, set a reminder on your calendar to close out the old giveaway and start a new one, and then update your automation sequence at the same time with the new link. Um, things you could give away could include Kindles in all shapes and forms, gifts, gift cards, your, your print book signed or not signed, signed packer, signed packerbacks, paperbacks from other authors in your genre, paperbacks from a famous author in your genre. And if you can get it signed, that would be really cool, but probably wouldn't end up happening. Um, audiobooks, swag, et cetera. You can get really creative with this one. Um, also author offer something free to every person who signs up. So, um, so we've talked in the past about having two free things that you offer to people. So you can have a reader magnet that's directly related to your um, newsletter or sorry, to the book that they just read. And that one's going to be one that people won't really like as much if they have never heard of you. And then you'd have another separate reader magnet that would be for new people to you. And I have both of those and um, your reader magnet that's for new to you readers is what you would want to give away here. Basically something people could read without having read any of your books yet. And, um, and then something I really like to do is I, I try when I did this back in the past, I try to make uh, something new every time so that my, my list would get that something free when they signed up for the giveaway again and shared it just, just to give people an extra little something fun anyway. All right, Lindsay. 
Do you remember for a while on Amazon, they had a thing where you could do giveaways of ebooks and you could buy like 10 and they didn't have to be yours. You could buy like, I'm going to give away some Lois McMaster Bujold books, but they had to like follow you. You could click a box where they had to follow your Amazon author page. Like, I think Amazon did away with that. I don't know how well that really worked, but um, yeah. I, I do think giving stuff away and giving your own work away and giving similar to you authors away could be a way to um, bring people into your world. So my last one, I think it's, yep, I guess we each have one more, is, you know, this is nothing new again, but if you can, if your muse will allow it, focus on one genre and developing a consistent style and voice that readers will be drawn to like it's very true that a lot of readers will just kind of especially people who subscribe to kindle unlimited because they're voracious readers or any subscription service a lot of times they're just like any i will download and read any x thing that checks my boxes of the tropes i like but if you spend the time developing a you know your own style and voice something that makes you unique something that they they like that they can't get from the other ones they will start to in addition to all those other ones they download and read they will start to look for yours they will follow you on amazon your newsletter social media so if you can consistently put out the kind of book these readers like there it's going to get so much easier going forward like you get to a point where you don't really need to network um and it's a good place to get to like it's not that you're never gonna do a fun multi-author thing with other people again but you don't need it you know you've got a big enough newsletter yourself so i think i think that's kind of the goal we all want to reach as authors like nothing saying you can't continue to do things with other authors but you don't have to you can just you know, basically book a couple promos send out a new release notification to your email and the book's going to do pretty well but you know the, it, this is all easier if you're consistent and keep writing in the same genre it doesn't have to be the same story over and over, but the same type of story. And I say this fully as somebody who genre hops and doesn't do this. Although my first couple of series were, as I was building my fan base, were all kind of high fantasy. They were very in that same vein. So I, I think that did help me grow my initial fan base. So, you know, yes, it is possible to genre hop and you can find readers that will follow you no matter which genre you jump into but those people are kind of rare gems and you're making it harder on yourself the people like i've talked about this before the people i see who they've been doing they were doing great five years ago they're killing it now five years later and you're just like in awe of the they always have books in the top 100 for your you know subgenre that you follow and you're just in awe that they're always there you know, often they are the people who stuck in their lane. They picked a lane, they stayed in the lane. They're writing the same genre and, and giving the readers not the same book, but the same experience. And you just find that it's, it's much easier to make headway and collect. Whether you want to network or not, it's just going to be easier if you do that, if your muse will allow it. But if your muse is like mine and jumps are all over the place, you know, it's uh, you may have to accept that you're not going to, I won't say you won't achieve success, but it's a harder road. So just something to think about. Uh, for my last point here, it's very possible to do most of your, like if we talk about you're not terribly social, social media will be difficult for you. Uh, but it's not, it's not impossible to do most of your social media presence in an extremely abstract way. And you can typically do all of that just by using the mental machinery that you've already built up for your writing career. 
Uh, writing a month of social media posts and scheduling them is about as much work as writing and formatting a short story. And obviously you can do that because this is your career. Uh, posting on social media, but ignoring slash filtering responses isn't going to have quite the same impact. Uh, engagement requires you to engage after all, uh, or at least requires someone to engage. Uh, but it's not nothing, you know, and anything is better than nothing. So keep that in mind. If you're really uncomfortable with putting yourself out there like this, a pen name with an associated character slash persona might be for you. Famously, Chuck Tingle, I hope you know who Chuck Tingle is, uh, has built a massively successful and almost completely anonymous career. Uh, I believe until, you know, as I last checked, Chuck Tingle's author photo is someone with a paper bag on their head. Like the degree of, of anonymity associated with this author is fantastic. Uh, the all social media posts are clearly written in character. Uh, it's good stuff. Devising an author persona and sticking to it, ironically, uh, only com- it's only com- complicated if you are doing networking. Like if 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 you decide to do this and then decide you want to start networking, the issue is the person that you are purporting yourself to be as a character you've created, not you. And it sort of complicates future net- networking. So only do this if you are dedicated to not doing any in person networking. Uh, but if you're specifically trying to avoid it, feel free to come up with a character uh, who wrote your books and run your social media in the same way that you'd run a D&D or, or, or write a, a, a narrative. Like you can hide yourself behind your fiction uh, and do most of the same stuff that you would do in person. I've always been fascinated by that because I do know authors who've done something like that. They've got an avatar and then they pick a personality and then they just that's that's who they are and i like talking to them outside of that they're like yeah that's not really who i am it's just what i thought readers wanted and it worked well for them um so i don't know you know uh okay so oops as i hit my microphone my last one is be consistent and i mentioned this one already but it's a different i'm going to take a different take on this i'm going to take a different take whatever it's late uh writing new stuff is very important but so is emailing regularly and maintaining a social media presence when you've set up the expectation that you'll be doing that and showing a unified face to readers. So um, like if you tell, basically continue the way you start. So decide how you want to proceed with your business and then be consistent with how you continue. And um, so like showing a unified face to readers, make, make it so that your Facebook cover page or your Facebook group or whatever matches your website, which matches your newsletter. So if you have a banner at the top of your newsletter, so every time you email, people know who you are at a glance. Uh, the more consistent your branding and approach to writing and marketing is, the easier it'll be for readers readers to remember you. Um, does anybody have any comments? Lindsay's smiling. I just know that whenever you advise people to have a consistent brand, rightfully so, I'm just like, I don't do that. I have a different picture <laughs> on every social media site. None of them me. <laughs> the, I, I would say that the most important thing is to just write, you know, I mean, write when you get the chance. <laughs> so. There's all these good practices that you should do. But at the end of the day, if, if you can write a good story, you know, I mean, you can make it easier by doing all the things right. Absolutely. But I think if you're consistent and put out good stories over time, not to say the other stuff doesn't count, not at all. Like I should do those things, but uh, it's again, it's like you get to the point where you have a good size mailing list. You don't have to worry about it anymore, you know? So it's like, eh, 
uh, you know, you could be an eight an eight figure author, oh Lindsay, if you had great branding. Eight figures, even though inflation now means six <laughs> figures are impoverished. Seriously, uh, it's ridiculous. Tough time, tough but time. no, I know, I know some back, romance author. Sorry, what? If the podcast comes back down the road, we all decide to come back. We'll make sure it's seven figure authors to keep up with the <laughs> times, and it'll take eight figures to buy a starter home. So, oh my gosh! Wait, this is not a good way to end the show. No, no, I was actually um, going to say the author branding thing. Like that was one thing that I took back from that that conference last year. Uh, romance author mastermind. Some of the authors in there, their branding is the biggest thing they do, and they write one or two books a year, and they focus heavily on branding. And their books have done very well doing that. And so, you know, it, it just, they're very consistent in how they set up their pre-orders, how they announce their new, new, um, you know, do cover rebills and things like that. They're just very, very, very consistent in how they approach their business. And because their books are also consistent, like what Lindsay was saying, they stick to the same genre. They, uh, their readers know exactly what they're going to get every single time. And so, I mean, yeah, there's, you know, <laughs> yes, best of both worlds is to write a really good story and be on point with all the branding <laughs> and do all the marketing stuff. Right. It is no joke. The people that do that, they blow up. And, you know, as long as they stay in the game, they really kill it. But yeah, I just I like to be the person like there's some hope out there for the rest of us who don't have all those skills. You can make it one way or another. Just keep writing. Keep plucking along. Try to get in a couple of new fans every, you know, every time you launch a new book. Just keep writing, just keep writing a little bit of finding Nemo for us. Um, any last comments from either of you? I'll just say that, uh, like, as you know, with the just keep writing thing, if you have not developed all of the skills that we've listed for either networking or succeeding in spite of networking, um, if you continue writing, you will eventually have a sizable backlist. And even though it's easier to sell a new book than an old book, once you have a big, long backlist, you have a lot of stuff to work with, and it will allow you to slowly build up your other skills and then market that backlist. If you build up these skills and don't have a backlist, then, you know, you're now, you're only growing as quickly as you can write. Whereas if you have already done the writing and have continued to do the writing, then all these skills can be applied to a much larger uh, oeuvre and uh, it's just a good thing overall so it, it don't beat yourself up if you can't pull the stuff off getting the books written is just as important yeah yeah i'm at the point now with my fantasy books where I, my backlist is so large i don't even know where to start i'm like okay what do i market now what do i and i'm not writing anything more and so if i want to keep those books selling i got to do stuff with them you know anyway i'm actually thinking about i'm going to talk to nolan about it and see if i want to cr- put together a teen epic fantasy box set of authors and have the fir- first books in series and have it be a perma free thing that i put up and i put a $5 a day ad or $5 from every participating author a day and um add towards it and just have it be a this slow trickle in the background i've got a box set ad that's been up since for 2 years now and that thing is still pulling in a lot of downloads for me Anyway, I'll let you guys know in our final episode next week that will be our very last episode and it'll be the last time we air a show for you guys next week. But, oh yeah. Unless we, to, unless we come back in two years for seven-figure authors. <laughs> it's true. No, no, no. I want, it, I want it to be the eight-figure author. I mean, we got to set our sights high, okay? Our goals really That high. might take 20 years for inflation <laughs> to get that bad. I mean, for us to get that successful. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, so I still have, I still have a discount for my courses. If you go to self Um, I have that 50% off coupon code that you can enter in ending. And, um, like I announced when we announced that we were ending, I am, I'm not going to be offering one-on-one coaching anymore. So if you want to glean from my marketing experiences of, you know, um, before my toddler was born, <laughs> actually my newsletter marketing, uh, advanced newsletter marketing class is very, very on point still. So, and that one still gets, uh, subscribed to quite frequently, which is kind of fun, but yeah. So imaging, 50% off imaging, imaging. imaging. radiology is oh, imaging. No. Imaging would be less scientific and clinical sounding. Well, what about cardiology? Name. Cause cardiology is heart, awesome. heart matters of the just heart. Just use heart. Come on now. That one, of, <laughs> Jesus, that one's there for you. Hanging fruit, hanging hearts. Yeah. But Alpine hospital and then dot, dot heart. No, you got to come up with like a little two or three word clever thing that uses heart or imaging, you know, like the less oh, I see what you're saying. You know, uh-huh. I will have to test that out and not let people know. <laughs> I'm just like, that's my last plea to you before we stop the show. Don't do radiology in your title for a fiction book, please. It's not in the title. Well, it, the title is the falling subtitle. for Dr. Nelson, but yeah. Okay. We should let people go. They probably we have should. lives. Do, do <laughs> they, they don't have lives outside of us. Come on. Who are we kidding? Just kidding. I know that there's going to be a lot of sad dogs. That was one of my favorite comments. <laughs> People are like, we listen to your show while we're walking the dogs. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of sad dogs. Anyway, yeah, so that's pretty much it for this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, come join the Facebook group, Six Figure Authors, um, whatever, Facebook group. I was going to say .com is our Facebook group. I, I'm tired, guys. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye, everyone. So long, everybody. <laughs>